0: How are we doing? How are you living another episode of talking football here. Uh but it's not just Trece and I today. We have a special guest, Mr. Dan Kiefer from Coast to Coast Scouting. Uh I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, and this is a guy who's involved with just about everything in the world of football. You talk about college scouting, uh the draft, the NFL, he is doing every single bit of it. So Dan, first off, thank you for joining us. Uh, I know we actually have a tree civia to get into today, which is very exciting. But before we even get into that, Dan, I just want to say welcome to the podcast, uh, and thanks for coming back again.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, I feel like we've been uh, teasing this one offline for like what three years now, uh, so it's good to finally uh, finally let you guys have, uh, get on with you guys. And uh, yeah, let's let's do it. The podcast is ta- is uh, let's talk football.
0: <laughs> absolutely, you got to love it, Treese. Let's just just get us into tree civvy. I think it's been like three or four episodes since we came back from vacation where, you know, Kiefer talks about teasing. That's all you've been doing with it is just kind of teasing a little bit. So let's just get this job finished.
2: Let's just do it. All right, cool. All right. So in the NFL history, there's been one player that has had 4,500 passing yards, 35 touchdown passes, five rushing touchdowns in one season.
0: Who is this player? It's only happened one time.
2: Only happened one time. 4,500 passing yards. Okay. 4,500 4, passing yards, 35 touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns. Do you know
1: how many yards he had rushing with that? Because I feel like this is the kind many- of one that would be like sneaky, you know, five touchdowns on like 20 total yards or something like that. Exactly where I'm
2: thinking. Yeah. Um, I don't have the exact rushing – yards but i can give you the exact rushing touchdowns because i said more than five he had eight
0: Ooh. okay 35 passing touchdowns more than 35
2: tech yeah i i don't want to give the number because things might be starting to get you know give away little, it, but yes, more than 35. okay
0: i don't think it's brady it's not Brady. I'm just thinking like QB sneaks all the way. I'm here. gonna
1: go. I'm gonna go dark horse here. You see, this is usually like on the podcast where I'm yelling at Austin,
0: like hook, it's so easy.
1: Uh, when you're on the mics, guys, it's not that easy. I'm gonna go dark horse here. Dante Culpepper had that big year with the Vikings with Moss, and he was sneaky athletic. I'm I'm gonna go Dante Culpepper.
0: Is it Austin? It's not. Damn. No. Okay. To I, say shit, I, that's I, impressive. I, I, <laughs> I was super coming right in like that. Damn. Um,
2: I, I'm, I'm sorry, I was looking up Cold Peppers because I know the exact season you're talking about. I'm I was looking to see how many rushing touchdowns he had that year. Four. It, is
0: it gonna be a Randall Cunningham?
2: It is not a Randall Cunningham, no
0: big Ben.
2: Not Big Ben either. Am I getting so
0: how, closer? How
2: far back are we going uh, with this? I, maybe we should start off with that question: Is how far yeah, back maybe is it? Yeah,
0: we should. Here, let's get Trey Sivia in the entire NFL year. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, sometime year. in the last hundred years. Yeah.
0: How about in
2: the last five years? Oh,
1: not Culpepper.
2: <laughs> not not Culpepper. No,
0: Patrick Mahomes.
2: Fuck off! It's not Patrick Mahomes.
0: Jesus. Okay. Damn. Five... Not
2: everything's about the Chiefs, bro. It's the
0: so somebody it had to have a pile of, of in yards. The NFL.
1: A pile of yards and five touchdowns.
2: Yes,
0: Aaron Rodgers.
2: Not Aaron Rodgers. Awesome. How very- many?
1: Austin, how many yards did Josh Allen have last year? They're
0: right about that. Because is they it,
1: don't. I mean, they don't have a running back. Fox so Allen.
0: look at that shit eating. Is it Josh Allen? Face. It's it's Josh Allen.
2: Oh. oh! Dude, Austin, you usually dive into this like, okay, who did Trees talk about last episode? Because that's kind of my stick is like, whoever I endorsed the last episode is who I talk about the next Trees Yeah, Some Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Well, cool. I should have yeah.
0: known too. And you're like, it's not always about the freaking Chiefs. Because that's yeah, about exactly. You, Yeah,
2: exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, Josh Allen, 4,544 passing yards, 37 passing touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns.
0: Son of a gun. I feel silly for listing off everybody else. Like, see, that's the thing is once you hear the answer, you're like, how did I even think it was anybody else? Like, duh.
1: But the way he built up the stats, like, oh, this is some, you know, obscure season from, you know,
2: 1983.
0: Yeah. Also true. I go, Randall Cunningham.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I love it. All right, cool. I was going to do another one. That one took a little bit longer, and we have a ton of stuff to talk about. So we'll dive into some more later on. So um so let's kind of talk about preseason final preseason game was this weekend it was awesome it was great to see a ton of teams actually play but then a ton of teams not play their guys which was very interesting. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I was very interested to see how that all played out since it's two weeks before the season. It's a little bit different than, you know, the four week regular season. You know, you have the Rams who literally didn't play anybody basically all preseason, which again, they have zero depth. So it kind of makes sense. They cannot afford a single injury. And then you have the chiefs that are just like, screw it. Mahomes go out and do your thing, you know? And so, um, anything that stood out to you guys, just how guys played, Anybody that you think that might be, you know, taking other person's job or anything like that?
1: Did you guys think it was weird that the Bengals, after not playing him all preseason, had Joe Burrow come in for three plays, and the only pass he threw was a bubble screen that, spoiler alert, was dropped by Jamar Chase?
0: Yes, boy, he's why play three plays Yeah, I I just don't get it. So the
1: way I don't get it at at
0: all. So the way I looked at it was and I think Tris we talked about it a couple weeks ago when in regards to Joe Burrow like just begging for an opportunity to play in preseason it was to one answer that of him just begging and wanting to play and two like just for him to get a glimpse of another team rushing at him and not putting him in position to have to do too much or to force any type of play or to get sacked it's just hey here's the you know here's the atmosphere here it is again get those initial nerves out of the way in the bubble screen Like that, you don't even have to worry about him getting sacked. Just take the snap, get it out of your hand, see what that feels like, and then we'll just get you out. That's the way I at least looked at it. But Jamar Chase dropping it, and we've seen his other drops in preseason, not off to a hot start. And then when you look at Twitter and everyone talking about it, it's like, huh, okay, now we're looking at his arm length, and now we're looking at his inability to kind of separate in his routes. And I know it sounds crazy, but I I feel like that's what everyone was saying through the draft process as well, after we watched Joe Burrow pretty much just get his leg bent backwards like he's some freaking flamingo or ostrich here, and his leg's going the other way. It's just kind of one of these deals where it's they go receiver, and it doesn't look like it's panning out. Granted, I know he missed a whole year due to COVID. He opted out, and so this is kind of his first in-game action. But still kind of one of those deals where I look at it, and it's like, did the Bengals mess us up?
1: Right. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not going to – you know, preseason is overreaction season, right? That That's that, that yeah. that's the fun of it. You know, guy comes in for three plays and we lose our freaking minds. Uh, but I'm not worried about Jamar Chase yet. Uh, if we get to week 9, 10, and he's still dropping balls like crazy, I think I'll start to get worried. But remember, this is a guy that didn't play last year. The last time we saw him play, it was, you know, hey, with Joe Burrow. And he was one of the most dominant college receivers we've ever seen. Uh, you know, he was never a burner. He was never a guy that, you know, had tons of separation at the top of every route. He was always a little bit more of a contested catch guy. So are you guys worried? Like I said, I'm not worried yet. Uh, I'm maybe like a 2 out of 10. If we get to week 10 this season, you know, finally get a lot of reps in, back acclimated to the NFL and football in general, then I'll start to push the panic button. But I'm curious where you guys are right now.
2: I'm not worried at all. Like a 0 out of 10 um because again he didn't play last year and two the nfl is not about like they don't care about drops Mm -hmm. is which is weird to say but they clearly don't look at deontay johnson last year he was dropping once every four passes to him and yet he still had like 150 targets right and uh jerry judy last year all of a sudden it was like in college jerry judy didn't drop a single pass and then last year he had a whole bunch of drops right and he still got a hundred targets and this year Everybody's talking about Jerry Judy with Teddy Bridgewater. It's going to be the same thing. Um, I'm going to trust a dude that didn't drop a lot of things in college to just not drop him in the NFL, and it's, I'm going to put it into you don't do something for basically 24 months and then see what happens. Right? Like You're just not going to be sharp immediately. I think by week two or three, he's going to be fine. What I thought was very interesting about that is because they only threw one bubble screen, I think Austin, I think we may have talked about this before too. That's going to be like the Bengals offense, right? Like Joe Burrow is going to be scared of getting hit. Their offensive line can't do it. It's going to be short passes all day. We'll talk about fantasy in a second, but like Tyler Boyd is like one of my favorite late round gets because the dude's going to have 90 catches, like guaranteed. And in in like fantasy drafts, you can get him in like the 10th round. Like it's just like, okay, thanks for 90 catches for somebody I basically got for free. So um, that's my opinion.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily like worried about it. I know I just kind of went on that tangent of what I saw from everyone else, you know, on social media and stuff. But for me personally, I don't I'm not necessarily worried going off exactly what Tree said, but it is something I'm keeping an eye on. You know, like hey, you're at this level. Things are moving a little bit quicker. Everyone's at a pretty good talent level. You're in a tough division. You're facing some tough defenses you better be able to catch the ball. You know what I mean? Cause it's just not like you're going to be able to get wide open and you've already kind of been knocked with the inability to separate in your routes, no matter where you're at. But trees to go off your point with Joe Burrow, and I don't want to stick here for too much. Cause I know we have a lot to get into, but how long do you think they'll stick with that short game offense? Uh, for then Joe Burrow to kind of get his confidence built up. Do you think they do that for like maybe the first couple of weeks? And then it's like, okay, Hey, we're going to let this puppy fly. You know, Joe Burrow is here. He's acclimated. He's ready to ball. Or is it one of those deals where it's, we're going to do this for an entire season and just we'll figure it out as we go. I mean, I know
2: my opinion keeper. I'll let you go first.
1: I, uh, I think this is a, it's a little bit of a catch 22. You know, the, the Bengals came out and they very famously at this point did not, take a lineman high, you know, they, they took chase. They didn't take Panay Sewell, who, you know, draft Twitter wanted them to have, or anyone that's a fan of Joe Burrow kind of wanted them to have. Uh, So it's one of those things where, you know, they don't have the time to run a traditional, you know, play action, sit back, yuck it, deep 40 yard offense. They're going to have to get the ball out of Burrow's hands quick because we've seen what happens when they don't, he goes down for the year, in a, with a horrific injury so I wouldn't be surprised if this whole year is a dink and dunk quick slant madden all you know madden all-american setting type offense where you just take the gimmies uh, I wouldn't be surprised by all at all by that so uh, unfortunately I think that's what it's going to be which once again limits the Bengals so that's why I'm kind of avoiding most of their guys in fantasy besides like you said Boyd's is, is such a value that you almost have to take him
2: yeah, um, I agree. I think that this is going to be their offense, and also let's not forget, it's now going to make it so Miles Garrett against them is not as you know dangerous. The the Ravens love to send heat, get the ball out quick. T.J. Watt now not as big of a threat. Awesome, you and I talk about this all the time. The funny video of like um, both Joey Bosa in the playoff game against Tom Brady yelling at him stop throwing the ball so quick. Like I kind of feel like that that's what the Bengals are going to be doing. Like, Hey, let's just get the ball out quick. One-on-one with our, you know, amazing weapons in Boyd and in, you know, Joe Mixon and Jamar chase. And I mean, Higgins is the, the big question mark, right? Because like, he's the big body dude that's you don't really think of when you think of short passing game, but, um, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, that was a lot for that game, but it's very interesting. Like the Bengals are like a very interesting team this year, I think, for a lot of a lot of people. So I love the discussion there. Um, let's move on to a different game. Um, I'm just trying to think look through through the schedule, the ones that like really interest me. Let's talk about the Colts. So they got a couple of guys that went on COVID today. Um, man, they just they can't catch a break. Like it is crazy. Like Carson. Win-
0: Carson Wentz can't catch a break, dude. Have the have the Colts officially
1: taken over for the Chargers as the most injured team? You know, the Chargers held that title for a good 10 to 15 years. Are the Colts yeah, finally saying, hey, you know what? Enough is enough. We got you. We'll have our whole team end up on the on the IR.
0: So, yeah, here's, it's I them. The here's, Niners. The, here's the thing. The Colts are dealing with it in the preseason, and it looks like their guys might come back just in time for the year. With the Chargers, it all happens within the first six weeks of the season, where they're like, "Dude, look at us! We are freaking balling out!" Everyone better look out. If you predicted us in the AFC West, you're right this year. And then they just start dropping like flies. Just
1: nobody, nobody starts three and one, four and one, gets to four and eight,
0: and then finishes eight and eight better than the Chargers. You're absolutely right. I do have a question for you, Kiefer. So are you are you a Dolphins fan or are you a Chargers fan?
1: No, I uh when Phil left the Chargers and they left San Diego, that's when we we nixed it. I said, I'm done. I said, You guys clearly don't care about your fans. Why should I care about you? Uh so at that point it worked out really slick. I was like, all right, we need to find a new team. I'm not gonna hop on a team that's a Super Bowl contender right now. Because I don't want to be you a bandwagon be, guy. You know, you got to you know, gotta get in ground level. You uh, know, got to get in ground level. So, yeah. So, I was like, oh, you know what? This Flores guy seems pretty good. Dolphins, they got good characters. There's a rich history there. But they are dog shit right now. So, got in. It's worked out pretty well so far. Uh, I like yeah. where they're, you know, I like where the trajectory is going. Uh, they've made a lot of draft picks I like. A lot of free agency moves and personnel moves that I don't quite understand. But then again, neither does anybody else. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty... We're pretty hardcore uh, in the aqua right now. The uh, the boys got a onesie, a dolphin's onesie
0: for the fall. So uh, yeah, we're yeah. we're all in. He just oh, turned seven months, that. didn't he? Saw Yeah, it post earlier. Congratulations. Yeah, seven months today. Thanks. Crazy, is it yeah. flown by?
1: Yeah, I I just told uh, the wife like th- there's no way he's seven months old. Absolutely no way.
2: Wow, well, but uh, just wait, dude. Just wait. All of a sudden, he's going to be two, and you're going to go like, "What the hell just happened?" Uh, so I'm worried when um, he when he
1: crawls. Right now, yeah. you put him down, and he stays there. Once he starts crawling, it's a uh, it's game on. And I told her, you know, as yeah. long as he looks like you and acts like me, we are in deep trouble. <laughs> he needs to look like <laughs> me tried. and act like you, because then he'll
2: never get in any trouble whatsoever.
1: <laughs> Love
2: it. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so Austin, I got to talk to you about the whole Carson Wentz thing, right? That's so cool. like. I get it like I was with you last year but like I think you need to like stop trying to die on that hill. I think you got to like slowly start backing off. Like hey, I, I like I, just I, because you said it was it it's, it shows growth, right? It shows growth like hey, maybe I was wrong on this. Like yeah. so I I don't know if you you guys have been hearing all these rumors. So like the big thing of why he wasn't working out in Philadelphia one he was dog shit, but two like the whole he would only throw to players that went to Bible study with him. Have you guys heard this whole mm-hmm. conspiracy theory? Okay, so he was only throwing to players that he went to Bible study with, and that was like a big thing. Like, there are reports saying that. And well, then
1: now, get your ass going... to Bible study.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, like, that's a pretty easy <laughs> It's like, you want to catch no. the football? Come study God. <laughs>
2: well, yeah. now, in it... In Indianapolis, there's reports that he's really only thrown it to Michael Pittman, and Michael Pittman is a big guy, so it's the Bible narrative. So I'm like, hey, and going back to fantasy, I'm like, Michael Pittman, late-round guy, because he might get like 80 catches just because he goes to Bible study with the quarterback every day. I just drafted Michael Pittman 45 minutes ago.
1: We're in a slow draft right now on Sleeper, and he's been my guy in that like 12th, 13th round Every draft, because you know it's pretty simple. Who are they going to throw the ball to? Like, I'm sorry, yeah, Nahim Hines wide can wide only wide. catch. He can only catch so many passes.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, I really so. like speaking of the Colts and the receiving weapons. I really think all they have outside of running back is Michael Pittman um, uh, and then Paris Campbell. Like, I feel like those team. are their two main threats in terms of receiving. You can't rely on on T. Y. Hilton. You know. Pascal, we'll see what he kind of continues to develop into as a receiver uh with Carson Wentz. But Teresa, your point and question, or maybe just attack on Carson Wentz here. Like, why don't you take it easy there, brother? Um, it's not that I'm willing to die on the hill. It's just I still think he's in a good situation in Indianapolis. We just, I mean, we just gotta get we gotta give him an opportunity here. Like, yeah, he dealt with a foot injury. That was a freakish thing. Like he didn't even realize the bone was floating in his foot. Nobody did. He gets hurt. It was a non-contact play. You go get surgery. It's fixed. He's already back. Now you're dealing with the COVID issues. Yes, I understand people are going to be annoyed at that. Whether he's vaccinated or not, we don't know that information. But it's because he was close contact with someone that had it. I don't believe he's the one that actually is the one that had I don't think he's tested positive for it yet from what we know. But like, if that is the case, and he's only out for five days, so there still is a possibility that he plays for week one. If he does have COVID, he's got to be out for at least 10 days and then you have to test negative twice, and then you can come back and play. I believe that's what the protocol has been updated to, but that still puts him in a spot to be ready by week one if they want to do that. If I'm the Colts, if I'm Chris Ballard, if I'm Frank Reich, I'm just saying, hey, you're not even playing week one. Like, Jacob Beeson's been here all through camp. He's been here through the preseason games. Sam Ellinger's injured, so you're not going to have him for week one either. It's... Here's Jacob Eason. He's going to start at least week one because this is where we're at. And you want to make sure Carson Wentz is completely prepared and ready to go, health top to bottom in every aspect. And then when he starts playing and he starts playing well, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be like, hey, I'm going to come up from the little spot that I'm hiding on the train because that's what I'm saying. I'm on the hype train for Carson Wentz. I've moved a, I've moved a couple cars back, you know, in terms of the train, and I'm hiding behind a box where there's no one else really there. If he starts playing well, expect me to run to the front of the train. Freaking choo-choo, we're rolling, baby. That's where I'm at, though. I'm I'm hiding on the train.
1: So I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, there was talk of so Wentz was close contact, though. That's why he's five days. To this, you know, as of right now, he hasn't tested positive. There was talk that with this built-in, you know, the old week four of preseason is now a bye week uh, for everybody. That the Colts could flip their practices and instead of having five on. Two off, do two days off now, and then do the five days of practice. So they'd practice through the weekend. That way Wentz could still make three practices. Whereas if he missed, you know, five straight days, he'd miss Monday through Friday. No practice this week. But if they flip it, he'll get three days of practice. That way he could still play week one.
0: Hmm, That'd be super smart. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be I mean, that would be be wicked
2: smart, in my opinion. Yeah. So smart. Yeah, totally agree there.
0: Especially with the built-in bye
2: week, you know. So yeah. Exactly right, Uh man, I would it, losing into the or to the Eagles to the Seahawks. Week one would just be a tough, tough start for the Colts, especially because they already have a tough go at it. And trying to, they're gonna have to keep up with the Titans in that division. Right. Um, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, and they got the Rams
1: week two, so it's not like schedule's getting easier. I mean, if I was Wentz, I would rather play against the Seattle for my first game instead of first game of the season, hopping under center, looking across and seeing Aaron Donald. Hundred percent. And then Looking outside
0: and, and be like, okay, cool. Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, um, okay. Cool. Um, let's just. I mean, we're not going to go into every game. We're going. We're going to do some fantasy talk, and we're also going to do some other things. So, keeper. Just biggest question: When do you think Justin Fields starts?
1: Oh man. I okay.
2: So first off, I'm going to. I'm probably in the minority
1: here. I think Andy Dalton should start the season. Thank. you. And that is simply simply because if you start with Justin Fields and Justin he hasn't gone against ones yet i know he's looked great he's looked awesome extending plays he's an athlete you love it brings excitement the fans want to see him if you start him week 1 and he struggles you can't go back you can't put Dalton in then and then say oh well yeah you know he just needs to learn we'll put him we'll put him back in later you need to start Dalton you know let him start two and two one and three whatever it is and then you can play the hey we need a jolt. We need, we need some juice. We've, you know, practice has been good. We're ready to take that step.
0: You need a savior.
1: Exactly. I say you need to build it up. You, You can't have a guy come in and just be bad right away. And then you have no, you have no plan B you need to have your rookie be the plan B. And then he's the shiny new toy for everybody.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And it's, I think that's kind of where the dolphins messed up with, Tua right. And I know he was dealing with the hip injury. You didn't have an offseason of practice due to COVID. But like to have him start and then you bench him a second half, or you know, you go back and forth between him and Fitzpatrick, uh, it it makes things kind of difficult. But I think with Justin Fields, it's hey, just just relax, you know, like just sit here, learn from Andy's mistakes, see how he leads the team, see how he handles these situations, allow Justin Fields to build that situational awareness on the sideline because I've heard Patrick Mahomes talk about that. He's like, you know, that's what helped me the most too and kind of develop my game with Alex Smith was you'd see how he handles the situation or, you know, what he sees, what he doesn't see, and you can come back and then Patrick can just, excuse me, sit there and listen. Let him experience that with Andy Dalton. And then, you know, just like Kiefer was saying, when you're not doing so hot or you're kind of, you know, you're getting to that one and three or two and two or, you know, you're just two and three, whatever, your record's not looking that good and you need that joy, it's, hey, we're starting Justin Fields. I just immediately boost everyone up. The city, the fan base, the locker room, the coaching staff, the owner. From top to bottom, everyone's going to be ready to rock and roll. I think that's the best way to handle it with Justin Fields.
1: Right. And sorry, I didn't, I guess I didn't technically answer your question, Justin, but I think it's going to be week four. Uh, because if you look at it, the Bears have the Rams, dear God, don't put them out there for that. Then they have the Bengals, that's probably a gimme. Then the Browns. Uh, I wouldn't want him out there with Miles Garrett, but then that next week, that week four, the first game in October, they have the Lions followed by the Raiders. I think you get him those two games. Those are very winnable games, and then the week after that is the Packers. So we got two Packers. games of buildup, two games of film to really get him honed in, get the rust off, you know, get the rookie nervous, shake all that off, and then you have the big game at Green Bay. And hey, Bears fans, will tell you, if they only win two games each year, it better be two games against Green Bay.
2: Yeah. So that's what I've been saying as well. Um, I actually don't disagree with you guys on the whole Dalton thing. The only, you know, just playing devil's advocate here is the only thing that would suck is the bears miss the playoffs by one game, you know, like that would suck. Like last year, that almost happened, right? They almost held on to Trubisky too long at the start before going to Nick Foles. Obviously they ended up going back, but like doing that swap, you know, made it. So it was very close. I mean, the only reason the bears made the playoffs is because the Cardinals fell apart and lost five of the last six or something like that. That's the only reason they, you know, if the Cardinals would have won 50% of those games they would have been in, but I don't disagree with that. Um, so we don't talk about the dolphins enough on, I mean, we talk about Tua obviously. Um, so one, you guys trade for a dude like a week ago and already releasing him um, in McKinney. Um, so, one, what are your thoughts on that? Because that's super weird to me. Like you basically gave away 6 surrender for free. And then, two, just tell us what you think about the Dolphins this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, the Dolphins make a lot of personnel moves that I don't necessarily uh, think make sense. But then again, neither is anybody else, so I'm not alone. Usually when an NFL team makes a movie and kind of you know read the tea leaves and see what's going on. Um, the mckinney move really confuses me uh, you know you swap Shaq lawson you get bring in mckinney then you pay him you know they they gave him a gave, they gave him a little bit of a raise a little bit of a extension and then they cut him when their linebacker depth is already super thin uh, they brought in uh Shaq Griffin. It looks like he's gonna make the team. But they just put Vince Beagle on IR this week. They've had a couple other guys go down. Uh, you know, Phillips, the rook, the other first-round rookie, he hasn't played a lot. And when he has played, it hasn't been pass rush, it's been pass drops. So that kind of confuses me. But uh, ultimately, Brian Flores, in my opinion, has kind of earned the benefit of the doubt so far. Uh, you know, he took what was supposed to be the worst football roster ever assembled two years ago. They went five and 11 last year. They had, in my opinion, a dumpster fire of a quarterback situation. And they had receivers that uh, were the lowest in the league in separation, and they still should have made the playoffs. Uh, So I think things are definitely trending up for Miami. I love that they revamped the offense. They got rid of Chan Gailey, leave that guy retired, by the way, just if he ever had it, he's lost it. Uh, so get rid of him. They brought in Waddle. They bring in Fuller, guys that, you know, they resemble what Tua had so much success with at Alabama. They can stretch the field. They can get open. They can make things happen. Uh, so I really like that. Uh, is always going to be a mismatch, whether he's in the slot or in line. So, yeah, I'm really hopeful about the Dolphins. I think they got a lot of uh, – a lot trending in the right direction. And I didn't even talk about the guy who I think was probably the biggest offseason piece, and that's Devon Holland. Uh news at a camp this guy is the real deal uh you know another 2020 opt-out from oregon but apparently he has just been an absolute nightmare in the secondary playing that free safety role so really looking forward to him uh once the regular season starts
0: i'm hoping Goseki goes off this year i've been thinking i think i've said it here the last two years like man mike gasecki is going to be the dude like just keep an eye on this guy and hey. it's like it kind of happens but like hopefully with Tua and I've noticed during through preseason that Tua has gone after him quite a bit which is nice so that is going to be pretty cool to see but like you mentioned the receivers that you got now Kiefer with Miami like it's it's I think it's better than a lot of people want to realize like yes there's Waddle there's Fuller you have Jakeem Grant who is like fast as freaking hell you know who went to Texas Tech uh, and then Albert Wilson's coming back. He opted out last year. He's another one of those guys who's just sneaky, reliable. You mm-hmm. know, he doesn't make a ton of big plays, but when he shows up, it's when you need him the most. And then, I mean, you still got Devontae Parker. you still got Preston Williams. You have your size. You have your speed. We talk about it here. You know, when you look at your receiver room, you kind of want to build it like a basketball team. I feel like Miami has that. They Definitely. just need the quarterback to get them the ball, and hopefully that is two of this year because he hasn't looked awful in preseason.
1: No, he's actually looked pretty sharp uh, here in the preseason, which is nice. I think that also deals with why he didn't play in week three, which I—that's a—I don't know how to feel about that. They gave basically the whole game to Reed Sennett, which is, I think, a little bit of a hey, you know, kid, go out there and see what you got. You know, the Dolphins have Jacoby Brissett; they're probably not going to carry three quarterbacks. And Reed played a hell of a game. I don't know if you guys saw this; he had the almost a Russell Wilson-esque play at the end of the game where he dropped back, avoided two two pass rushers, rolled out to his right, and absolutely slung a piss missile down into the end zone, back shoulder uh, to one of the backup tight ends. So you love to see that. I I think he – Got himself a job somewhere, whether it's uh, being a protected practice squad player in Miami or a backup job somewhere else. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to Tua this year. I think he's also fully healthy. Last year he had the hip; he didn't have a normal off season. You know, granted nobody did, but I think Tua really needed it. Uh, you know, last year all he basically did was rehab that hip and then get thrust in to somebody else's playbook, in that Chan Gailey playbook that was made for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So now it's actually Tua's team. So
2: let's see what the kids got. I love it. Um, yeah, you're on Gieski again, and I just don't see it again. I think that I think they're going to run way too many tight ends. I think they're going to be I think they're going to be swapping them in and out because they love Hunter Long. They love what's the other dude? Sh- Shaheen? Shaheen they, or something They like are that?
1: deep as hell at tight end. Uh, they got Adam Shaheen, Gisecki, uh Hunter Long. Like you said, they got all kinds of guys. They got a uh, a, a guy from uh, the uh, foreign uh, program. I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head, but yeah, they're yeah. they're super deep at tight end. But uh, you know, tight ends take a couple of years in the league to develop. Uh, you know, there's tons of data on that. They say usually tight ends break out year four or five. So Austin, I'll double down with you. Gasecki breaks out this year, and then of course my guy, who I just can't quit, Evan Ingram is going to break out this year, guys. I can feel it. Oh. He led the he led the Giants in targets last year. He's fast. It's going to happen. The only thing that can stop him is injury which already has, which he's injured. So next year, Evan Ingram breakout. It's coming. Uh, no, I love uh,
2: it. it. I love it. Okay. Cool. Two more
1: trades. Everybody's got the guy they can't quit.
2: No, it 100%. Uh, so two more trades, both from my team, actually. So, uh, just a couple hours ago, Sidney Jones got traded to the Seattle Seahawks. I think that's a great get for the Seahawks at depth to the cornerback position. And then Gardner Minshew getting traded to the Eagles. Uh, Austin texted me immediately something about, uh, end of the era. And I said, what did I say? Uh, the era ended like week 13 when he couldn't beat out Jake Luton. Um, that's when the era ended. Um, so obviously I love Minshew. Like he's funny. He's, you know, he's a good guy and stuff like that. Everybody looks at his stats. I think his stats are very miscued. Um, because a lot of those passing yards were when they were down by 30 and they were just, Defenses were just playing super soft and just like, all right, throw it for 15 yards. We don't care. Yeah. Like, we're gonna just run the clock out. We're right. Gonna, so like, cover three, do what you want. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, I think that being said, six-round pick is still awesome value for the Eagles. I will say that. Um, and then two, the Eagles now super interesting situation, right? Like, cause now you have you obviously have Hurts. now you have Minshew. Flacco's probably gonna get cut um at this point, but like Minchu is not going to make it easy on Hertz. I think that I think Eagles fans are going to be chanting for Minchu if Hertz struggles at all.
0: I, man, that's I'm that's why I'm confused with the Eagles. It's like, what are you doing? Like, so you have Flacco at backup. Did my did I miss something? No, I was just I was
1: gonna let you finish and then I got a I got a galaxy brain
0: situation. Okay. I, I don't know what the Eagles are doing. Like Jalen Hurts is your starting quarterback, who you took in the second round after having Carson Wentz and signing him for a massive deal. That falls apart. Now Jalen Hurts is your starting quarterback. You have Joe Flacco at backup. It is what it is. Joe Flacco old. He's just, he had one good playoff run in a Super Bowl, which was great. He got paid a ton of money. Hasn't been anything since. He's your backup. And now it's like, well, what else are we going to do? Fuck it. Let's go get a backup quarterback. We have a ton of offensive linemen who can't stay healthy. We don't know if our receivers are going to be reliable. We got two tight ends that we can't pick one, so we're just going to keep both of them because we don't want to trade Zach Ertz and get any type of freaking draft capital from him. Defensive-wise, I don't know who you have as a pass rusher. You have Fletcher Cox, who's great, but at the same time, you have no help for him. Linebacker-wise, I don't know any of your linebackers' names. And secondary, you have Darius Slate. And that's it. It's just like I don't understand what this team is doing, and then you just trade for Gardner Minshew. Because like Tree said, if Jalen Hurts doesn't play well, then you're playing Gardner Minshew, and then you're still looking at this team. as like, what the hell is your plan? Like at some point, are you trying to go after Deshaun Watson? Are you trying to go after Aaron Rodgers next year? Is that the mindset? And so you're just like, fuck it, nothing else to do. Let's trade for Gardner Minshew. Been a boring week. What do you say, Howie? Yep, let's do it. I'm just so frustrated with him.
1: So, okay, let me let let me – Come with me. Let's put our tinfoil hats on. Uh, We got some incense burning in the corner. Let's go on a little journey here. First off, I think nobody understands the value of a backup quarterback more than the Eagles. So to trade a six-round pick to get a uh, – that wasn't a Wentz shot, I promise. Uh, So to get a – probably one of the better backup quarterbacks in the entire league, if not the best, you know, Minshew's a midline starter. For a six-round pick, that's great value. Uh, So my galaxy brain theory is – Actually, the Eagles are going after Watson because no team in the league doesn't understand that they're not competitive better than the Eagles. Like their they, their awareness rating would be zero because a couple of years ago when they traded for Darius Slay, they were out of the playoff picture and they went and got him anyway, and then they paid <laughs> the man. Uh, so my theory is, and this is kind of like also like I just don't want to believe any Watson Tua rumors. We're just getting rid of those. Because Tua doesn't fit the Texans' offense. If David Cutley wants to run the Baltimore power run game, he doesn't want Tua. He wants Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a is more of a physical presence, more of a running athlete. So actually, if the Eagles go get Watson, trade Hurts, the Eagles have far more draft capital currently. They picked up some more first round picks next year, so they had the draft capital. They got the guy that fits the Texans' offense, and Jalen Hurts. He's young, he's controllable. Teams love that. And if the Eagles get to Sean Watson in the in the NFC East, the you know the epitome of a garbage fire division. You can't tell me they can't get into the dance. And once you get into the dance, if you have a quarterback, anything can happen. So I wouldn't be surprised if Philly makes a move for Watson. Is kind of my
0: little, you know. 2 a.m. I can't sleep. Theory. Do you think that? Because here's the thing, like with the Dolphins and the Texans, right? In regards to the trade for for uh, Watson, is it one of these situations where it happens this year, or do they wait to the season? Because we still don't we still don't know what's going on with Watson, right? Like there's a possibility. Yeah, yeah we don't. They have to have their mind made up next week, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But if they if they keep him on roster, if they make the decision with it, he's just a healthy scratch for however long that he's there until this stuff right. gets figured out because he's not and, on the exempt list for the NFL. He's nothing federal wise with the law. It's just a huge, we don't know what's going on. Like that's right. it. And Texans and Watson. Since you
1: know, these rumors have been going around for what nine months now about Watson to Miami, yeah. Miami to Watson. And honestly, you know, the NFL might know something we don't, but from our perspective, nothing's changed. It's still a pile of allegations and nothing formal. You know, like you said, he's not on the NFL exemplist. He's practicing at free safety with his hands behind his back in a red jersey. You know, it's, it, so nothing's changed. So if they were comfortable with it nine months ago enough to pull the trigger, they would have. And if nothing's changed, why would they bring a guy in a week before the season and get rid of their entrenched starter? I mean, like, it just doesn't – it's a fun story, but it doesn't make sense, which basically guarantees it's going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it, it's right. just one of those things where, like, like uh, you know, it's a, it's a great way to get clicks, but I, I honestly, I don't see how a trade for Watson can get facilitated until there's clarity from the legal side. Because we know what he can do on the field. But off the field, that's just, that's a lot of baggage for an NFL team. And a lot of, it's a big PR nightmare if something
2: goes south. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I read a report today, actually, that the Texans plan on having him active. Like, just each week, but as a backup. I read, I read a, like, one of their beat writers was talking about this. Like, they plan on doing that because they have to pay him anyway. So they might as well just make him active and, like, have him kick off. Or I don't, I literally, I think it said, like, he'll just be our backup back. And if, you know, starter goes down, then we'll put him in. I mean, Tarad Taylor does have a habit of pregame having some issues. So, yeah, he better
1: not need
0: any freaking injections. Uh, Literally, literally, ouch yeah yeah, yeah.
2: seriously so like, <laughs> like, oh, real man. quick Yikes.
0: have you guys seen anything on davis mills on like what he's done the rookie out of stanford
2: Mm-mm.
0: i haven't paid attention like i've kind of almost forgotten about him being with the texans but i feel like if you would have done something we would have seen it on social but it's still one of those deals yeah. where like is this fully tyrod's job or is this a rookie who's like hey uh he might be able to compete a little bit because he's had the side you know I mean, he had the attributes of like What you'd want in terms of a potential quarterback is just being at stanford and the limited games that they had this past season kind of hurt his draft stock
2: yeah i think given this may have changed yeah yeah i think this may have changed i mean it could have changed i haven't paid attention to the texans rosters the last like two weeks but like at the start of preseason i know he was third on the depth chart behind jeff driscoll
0: oh god never mind okay legend
2: uh
1: speaking of uh texans rookies and we'll, we'll kind of play a little sleeper a uh, little fantasy sleeper here how do you guys feel about nico collins because right now brandon cooks is yes, a texans sir. one brandon cooks is a texans one and i like brandon cooks but the dude doesn't stay on the field so just by you know process of elimination texans are going to be down a lot there's going to be garbage time uh so do we think nico collins is going to have a you know 20 was it 15, 2017, 2015, Allen Robinson type year. Therese, let me when was when was the boat year? You know where Blake Bortles hung up through 35 touchdowns yeah. and every single one of them was in the second half. Yeah,
2: that was in 2016, the year 16. before they made their run in 2017. Yeah, where yeah where Allen Robinson literally had 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. Um, the problem is, is like NFL teams love Chris Conley. There is something about Chris Conley, and he sucks. He is miserable. Austin can Austin can say this. He was on the Chiefs. He was on the Jags. He drops everything, yet Bain he speed, still speed. ends up – Yeah, like that's what it is. But he will drop everything that comes close to him. So what I'm saying is that's a Nico Collins comment. That's what I'm getting at. So,
0: so you, I was – I don't know if you guys paid attention to anything I had to say during the draft season, but Nico Collins was a guy – that I was rooting for in terms of size and speed and potential coming from Michigan, where he didn't have a single fucking quarterback to accurately throw him the football. So it's like, Oh, he doesn't have the numbers. He doesn't have a guy to fucking throw him the ball either. So what can we expect here? Because who was it? People's Jones with the, with the Cleveland Browns last year, right? Kind of came on strong at the end of the year. And it's like, man, he's actually catching some of these tough balls that are, you know, almost kind of contested as well here in the back of the end zone. Oh, he's got a guy who can put the ball where it needs to be and look at him make plays. Now, with Nico Collins, I don't know if he's necessarily going to have that with Tyra.
2: And Austin just froze. He Was does it? this every once in a while. Yeah. Okay. He, don't worry
0: about it. Go That's ahead, like Austin. He, 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 there he is. Sorry, what? Austin. You out. You, you, you froze, literally cut you froze oh, on us, bud. Man, at what point?
2: Like um, literally right when you're talking, we, we get it. You love, you love Nico Collins. I will back you up. You were all over him during the pre, you know, pre-draft process. He was your guy. You wanted him second round do the Chiefs I think that's basically what Ooh, you're what you that were been third
0: round. but hold I was I actually had a pretty good rant there and I'm really annoyed that it, it cut out that's the one time my freaking screen cuts out I hate this stupid internet I don't understand I'm literally right fucking next to it it's still I think work. it was
1: right right after he didn't have a single
0: FN quarterback to throw him an accurate pass yep so okay perfect because it was like well then we look at De- uh Peoples Jones who went from Michigan goes to Cleveland, and he came on strong at the end of the year. And I was like, okay, hey, he's got a quarterback that can accurately throw him the ball at times. Look at him make these catches. I was like, man, why didn't we see that at Michigan? He didn't have a quarterback. Nico Collins, same situation. Now, with te- the Texans and Tyra Taylor, I don't know if he's necessarily going to have that either. But Brandon Cooks, you can't fully rely on him to play an entire season. You guys mentioned that. And Chris Conley, Treese is exactly right. He's one of those guys who – will drop the easy catches, but there's going to be like this third and 17, and it's quarterback scrambling around trying to look for somebody, and bam, there he is, and he makes that one to play, and everyone's like, okay, awesome, there's Chris Collins. Look, let's keep this going. This is great, and then it just falls apart again. So that's kind of my deal with Nico Collins is that he does have the potential to be the guy. It's just how much weight do you want to put on a rookie receiver on it with a team that doesn't have its designated quarterback for the year, and there's so much confusion, whether it is Tyrod Taylor or someone else. For sure, totally agree there. Did I cut okay. out again. No, no, no. no, no you're no, great. You were great. I was. No, you great. I was gonna. I was gonna leave the meeting, boys. If it did. Okay.
2: <laughs> no, you're great. Okay, so we're gonna move over to fantasy. We got about like ten to fifteen minutes left, but just because I like to call my shots on trades, also that's another trade we didn't talk about. Sony Michelle. I told you all. I told you August second. I said it. It was gonna happen. Literally. I said Sony Michelle seems primed to go to the Rams. Should I just call another one? JK Dobbins RIP that sucks. Massive, massive ACL, PCL injury. That sucks. Um, one I'm not laughing at don't.
0: JK Dobbins being injured. I'm no, sorry. There was a yeah, funny action on camera. Let me go ahead and clarify,
2: clear that up you should.
0: real quick. You should. Okay.
2: Real quick, real quick. Um, so Latavius Murray to the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, I thought you were, were going to stick with the Texans theme and go Mark Ingram because, you know, they have every running back over 30. They do. So there's three guys, actually. So I was like, David Johnson might be nice there, just like because everybody loves him. I was like, the one that, like, would really be nice, but I don't think they're going to trade him is Melvin Gordon from the Broncos to the Ravens. I think all three of those guys. But well, Davis Murray, it sounds like he's the odd man out and, with the Saints. Sounds like Jones kind of took over that number two role. So he's going to be open, you know, available. I could see him going to the, going over to the Ravens. So yeah. I think it's all be my, good fits. But the, so, I
1: mean, latest word out of Baltimore is they're happy with what they got. They got the Gus bus. And then they got that kid, uh, Williams.
2: Ty- Taysom, William, Ty- yep. Taysom Williams. He's from BYU. So he's just down the street from me, but um, yeah, he uh, tore his ACL in 2019, his senior year. Um, so yeah. Also a really good guy. Um, but Coach talk. I'll 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 do that. I'll just say that. Like, yeah, they're they're always happy, right? They're always happy, and then all of a sudden, they they trade away people. Um, So okay, let's go into fantasy talk here for a minute. We don't have a lot of time, but let's just dive into it. Let's just talk about some of our favorite guys. Guys that we're staying away from. Um, This is my annual. Just note that uh, snake drafts are for boomers. You all need to grow up. You all need to go into auction drafts because that's the only way it's supposed to be. But you guys keep doing your snake drafts, and we'll do we'll go from there. I actually helped Austin out one one, a little bit ago, so that was also a little uh, bit of fun. While we're while we're on things that are boomer, can we
1: just acknowledge that the best way to play fantasy football does not involve a kicker or a defense? Seriously, also- just get him out.
2: I also do not play with a kicker. We do play with the defense. I I agree with you there. I have not talked my league into getting rid of the defense yet, but we have not had a kicker in our league for six years now, and it's been amazing.
1: Last year, I lost because the the Lamar Jackson, I didn't poop, but I pooped game. (laughs) Uh, The guy I was playing had Lamar Jackson, so he leaves the game. I'm like, sweet, awesome. We're out of here. Comes back in, a couple dump-offs to Andrews couple points from Lamar Jackson. I'm up by two points. And who comes out? The, the clouds separate. The sun comes down. Out comes Tucker. Boom, 52 yards right down the center. I lose. I say, like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. Get out of here. I said, no, get I'm rid kickers. I, I don't, of don't the have kickers. a dog in that add, fight. <laughs> add, add, add a couple flex spots. Just,
0: yeah. So, exactly I also I kicker get like 15 points and then I'm like okay cool this is nice appreciate it yeah
2: yeah for sure and also three wide receivers two running backs one flex one quarterback is the way to go super flex I don't like because it puts way too much value on quarterbacks uh, it, that's just my opinion the whole super flexing I like I like the strategy of one just one quarterback but that's you know that's a personal preference there so um Kiefer who are you going for early in your draft? It doesn't have to be first round, but let's just say so, your first, right. you know. So I actually have runs. a
1: I have a pretty unique draft strategy when it comes to like full redraft leagues. And uh depending on where I'm picking, if I'm early, obviously I'm trying to get, you know, Kamara, McCaffrey, somebody in there. But otherwise what I do is actually um I feel that wide receiver is the most easily replaceable position in fantasy football. You can always pick up guys. It seems like off the waiver wire to get you that 10, 12 points. So I actually usually try to target Travis Kels early. If I'm picking like that seven to 12 range, I'll grab him because he is such an advantage over everybody. It's not even funny. Travis. You yeah,
2: said it right. He said Kels. it. Right, and I loved it. I love it. Yes. I love that. He said
1: no, I'm that. nervous. No, no, I'm thinking about it. So chiefs tight end. Okay. Uh, Travis, 86, <laughs> uh, grab him. Uh, so I actually usually grab Kels. I'll grab a couple stud receivers in the first couple rounds. And then I will literally just draft running backs. I will fill my bench with running backs. I won't have a single backup wide receiver on my bench because having as many lottery tickets as you can to get that running back, that guy that breaks out that wins you leagues. So like last year, I stacked all the rookie running backs. And then the second half of the season, I had Jonathan Taylor. I had J.K. Dobbins. And guess what? We had ourselves a championship run. So that's how I attack things usually, uh, you know, to each their own. But I've always found that's been a pretty sound strategy because there's always that running back that goes undrafted that, you know, makes a team boom. And I'd rather just have him on my team.
0: So I kind of have a similar mindset, but mine's in terms of like the rookies that are going to explode later in the year. And I actually have that for receivers. Um, so for like, for this year, um, I think like Anico Collins is a guy that we brought up, right? Uh, the kid uh, with the charges right now, Josh Palmer, the one out of Tennessee, I think he's another one of those guys who's kind of on the bottom end of the roster, but he's going to eventually work his way up. And he's going to make some plays. And it's like, okay, Hey, this is a kid to kind of keep an eye on as the season goes. So in terms of receiver, like a couple of years ago, I did it with Brandon Ayuk. I was sitting there talking in our draft league. And everyone was like, no, I'm not really feeling it. I was like, I don't know. Kyle Shanahan was very, very excited. You know, when they drafted him, like, I'm going to go off that hype. Debo Samuel, we'll see, you know, if he can stay healthy. Sure enough, he didn't. Brandon Ayuk goes off. Had a very good season. Um, For me, though, like my strategy with stuff early in the rounds, it's, of course, get the running back. And then in the next round, I've learned this from Treese over the last couple of years. Let's go running back, running back, and then focus on the pass catcher because there's just no quality depth in terms of running back throughout all of fantasy football in the NFL. And I feel like if you've played fantasy enough, you understand that. It's just which guys to attack and how. And this last draft that I had that Treese actually substituted for, uh, it's pretty damn good. I'm pretty proud of it, actually. It's probably the best team I've ever had in terms of fantasy, and I didn't have anything to do with it
2: you love you love to see it it, it, um, it was solid yeah are so, you free Wednesday night I am free Wednesday night absolutely I need you again. okay um, that's work so obviously <laughs> I have a totally different mentality just because of auction and stuff so but I try to spend a lot of usually I try to have two big running backs basically what I did with Austin's team the other day and then build it up with wide receivers this year. I actually went a little bit different. I actually always just pay a dollar for a quarterback. I'm like, I'll just find a quarterback. Like that's fine by me, but this year I actually spent on quarterback and I spent on Kyler Murray. I truly believe that this dude is going to be the number one fantasy quarterback. If it's not Josh Allen. Um, Yeah. And again, right. Like he, he got hurt last year and he was still elite. Like look at the first, like half of the season when he was healthy, he's going to be running a ton. He's just going to get down more. Like he's just not going to take the hits this year. Um, So Truly, truly excited for that. Um, I end up going Eckler. I'm a huge Eckler guy this year. Um, I think that he's going to end up being a top five running back for fantasy purposes. Um, And then I went heavy on wide receivers. You know, like I I love like trying to team it up with a Tyreek Hill or, you know, I got Tyreek Hill and CeeDee Lamb, right? So like I kind of went the big three there. Um, So but for drafts, yeah, I truly believe try to get a quarterback first. The, the hard part is when you're late in the first round, though, right? Because, like, now once those top five or six running backs go, like, now it's like, oh, my gosh, should I try to, like, duel up on receivers, right? Like, you could end up getting a Tyreek Hill and then come back around with, I mean, sometimes even, like, Stefan Diggs, like, sometimes falls into that early second round, right? Like, if you can do that, like, all of a sudden now, like, to your point, Kiefer, like, you just loaded up on two wide receivers, and now your whole bench can be, you know, running yeah. backs and then try to get you know those middle tier running. yeah yep. yeah exactly so um okay so austin and Mike would up did a cool thing and me and austin i went back and forth all uh when they were doing it they were doing like their top 10 at each position and austin was like roast me like what what did we what did i do wrong you know and
0: i have my opinion so i'm that. like oh i would have, these. have like, fucking burnt me crisps brother <laughs>
2: i did not i did Fucking not roast me I, like
0: a hot dog I, dude i came out b- 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 burnt
2: dude i was i was did you make me sound like i'm an asshole like i was just like
0: oh this is my opinion make you sound Oh wow motherfucker and no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> yikes
2: yeah and this is the last podcast of talking football um so <laughs> i guess we got, we got like three minutes I just want to hear like what's your top three basically at each position keeper. Let's go quarterback. Okay. Who who are your top who are your top quarterbacks that you're so actually that you're a, trying to go after?
1: Okay, so like I never end up with Mahomes. I don't. I I, I just somebody always wants him more than I do. But I've had two drafts in the last two days, and both times I've gotten Lamar Jackson in the seventh and eighth round. And I I don't understand that. Like people, the running back got hurt, so Lamar Jackson's gonna run more. And they might even throw a little bit more. This is all good. This is all great. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm targeting Lamar right now. Obviously, if Kyler drops, you a post hype sleeper. I'll take him. Otherwise, uh, people forgot Matt Stafford plays with the Rams now, and Thank I'm you. all about Matt Stafford late. Give me, give me some Maddie Stafford late.
0: That's great. I would oh, just love to
1: know who his main
0: target's going to be. Is what I would really like to know. Bobby fucking Trees, brother. Man, I'm a big Cooper yeah. Cup guy. We we roll deep. I know, but uh they're both gonna, they're talking. both gonna be elite. They're yeah, both gonna exactly. have a thousand yards. Exactly. Great.
2: So my big strategy is if you don't have one of the top, let's say top four, right? You don't have Mahomes, you don't have Allen, you don't have Kyler, you don't have Lamar, do not go after that middle tier. Do not mm-hmm. pay for a Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, like that, even a Justin mm-hmm. Herbert. Do not pay for that because you can just wait and you can do a Matt Ryan or you know, like, like you just said in, in Stafford, right. Or, or Tannehill or, you know, shit, you could even team up a Trevor Lawrence cause his first five schedules are super nice. And then, you know, wait for a fields to start. Right. And then mm-hmm. you could just team up and have yep. that high, high upside there. So, okay, cool. Um, running, running back. And again, this doesn't have to be like your top, your top guys. It's, it's like guys that you find yourself getting more often than not.
1: Uh, so, this is this is going back. Man, I just love Jonathan Taylor so much. And I understand like he's probably not a great PPR guy because they have Naheem Hines. But if you're still in a standard league for some reason, go get Taylor. Because even when uh, Wentz comes back, they're going to want to pound the rock. That's what the Colts do. They have that awesome offensive line. And then uh, in a PPR format, I'm actually getting a decent amount of shares of Chase Edmonds with Arizona because I feel like nobody's talking about him. And yep. you know, when he's on the field, he's another guy that's a little injury prone. But when he's on the field, he produces. He was a top 10 running back last year when he was on, when he was playing. And you can get him again in that, you know, eight, ninth round.
0: Yep. Uh mine's pretty basic. Christian McCaffrey, Zeke Elliott, and then Alvin Kamara. I think those guys are, I think Zeke, you know, lowering his body weight um they're coming back healthy he's going to be more effective in the past game Dak coming back I think is going to play a big part of it and then Kamara like I just think they're going to be dropping the ball off to him no matter what like I know mm-hmm. Jameis was named the starter I know he likes to push the ball down the field he learned a lot being there under a year you know being under the wing of Drew Brees for a season and Sean Payton it's hey you got a playmaker right here at running back get him the ball and let him go
1: I think Winston helps Kamara more than you know Taysom Hill because if Taysom's there, I think he'd vulture. Yeah, you say he would vulture the rushing touchdowns.
0: Yep.
2: So me and Austin, this was one of our big conversations. I said he was too high on Kamara because I thought that Taysom Hill was starting. So I was like, dude, I have Kamara at like six or seven, and he had him at three. Now I've moved him back up. I think to like actually to like four or five. But so yeah, so we all agree I,
1: that there's still going to be Taysom packages though. Oh, 100%. 1,000%. I mean, this is yeah. not a, you're our number one. It's it's still a 1A, 1B.
2: Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. So um, a couple guys for me. Um, Love doing an Aaron Jones, Antonio Gibson combo. Najee Harris, not going to average a ton of yards per carry, but the dude's going to get 350 touches. Love that. Um, Jamal Williams, super late. We're talking like in that like 12 to 14 range. One, DeAndre Swift is already hurt. Two, like... They are obsessed with Jamal Williams, just like how the Packers were. Like he's going to get his touches. Um, I'm actually high on Josh Jacobs, which is funny because I haven't been, and I'm super, super low on the Raiders. The Raiders. So Kiefer actually, I haven't even mentioned this. So keep so we I did a post a little bit ago of like, hey, I'm going to Vegas. Anybody that does a tells me a bet, I'll do it and I'll split it 50-50 with me. You're the only one that responded. So, but I made the bet. So $50 bet. What, what $50 kind of odds do we get? We got it's a $202 payout. So you'd get $101. Yeah, you'll get $101 if yeah. the Raiders end up with the number one pick. When? Like, that's it. When? The when they do. The when they do. But, but anyways, so hear me out on the whole Josh Jacobs thing. Yes, Drake scares me a little bit on passing downs, but I'm not getting him because of the passing stuff. Like he's going to just get touches. When he played last year, he had he averaged the third most touches in a game. He's just gonna he's gonna get touches. John Gruden is an idiot and he's gonna still run the ball when they're down by 21. Um, and also he had the most goal to go touches in the NFL last year, I think, or second. So like he's just gonna get touchdowns as well. I don't obviously don't want him for RB one, but like if you're talking a flex or an RB two, like Hell yeah, give me Josh Jacobs all day. Yeah, I think like a lot of like whether you like or don't like a guy, it comes down to value.
1: Like, so, you know, Josh Jacobs, this is a guy who's been able to be your RB one or really strong RB two the last couple, you know, last three seasons. And now it's he's kind of a flex. But if you can get him for the price of a bench player, you know, give him to me. So it's it's all value
2: yeah. for me. It is. And i always have to talk to austin about this which it, it's all it's a it's such a great conversation and austin actually brings me down to earth sometimes where i'm like dude like there's two different worlds here we're talking like fantasy value and we're talking like real football value like austin's like oh guy and i'm like ah i don't know and then like i'm like then i'm like oh well actually austin has a really good point here maybe i'm like overvaluing this guy but in the end volume is key, king, king right like that's fantasy football you do the guys that touch the ball the most right so and speaking of that with
0: oh go ahead go ahead my only thing with Josh Jacobs is just the fact or possibility of like Kenny Drake taking enough touches out of the passing game. Cause I expect him to be down in games and it's just like, and I know Teresa, you even mentioned that in your point there was like, well, you know, they're going to be down 21. They're still going to be running the ball. Cause John Gruden's just a freaking moron, but it's still kind of one of those deals where it's like, ah, is this going to be something that kind of hinders him in terms of fantasy and real life?
2: Yeah, but, I mean, Devontae Booker took all the catches last year, too. I mean, actually, Jacobs had yeah. the career year in catches. But, like, again, this is for an RB2 flex-type play, nothing mm-hmm. like RB1. But, sorry, anyways, Kiefer, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, if we're if we're doing receivers next, uh,
1: Treese, you'd be the guy to ask here. Uh, so, since ETN went down, RIP, um, is Visca going to be the guy in the urban, you know, quick-screen game? Because I think that's a very valuable position to be, especially, you know, LaVisca Chenal, a guy who's relatively free right now in drafts. If in a PPR format, if he's gonna be that slot taking quick screens, that you know, good old Ohio State boy offense, that's a very valuable, you know, that's a
2: free 12-14 a week. Yes. Um, so fun fact, he was gonna be that before Etienne got hurt. Um, he is that slot receiver, and that's where they do it. Um Honestly, Urban was going to fuck up the ETN something year <laughs> one. Like he he just was. Like he was going to find a way to fuck it up. Like in in the end like I think it was I'm fine with the pick. Like obviously I would have liked in round 2, but like he wasn't going to be there. Like the Bills would have taken him or something. Do you think like that, that right? was like,
1: a, a pure panic pick?
2: Um yeah, because I mean he kind of already admitted it, right? Cuz he he was like zoned in totally- on Tony Yep. He wanted Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Um, so I think that, I think it was, I think it was like, okay, like who's another guy that can, you know, do this role and stuff. And like, I think he would have had value. He would have been your prime, like rookie running back by later in the season, like ends up taking off. But like when you're talking about this screenplay that you're talking about that urban runs, that's with wide receivers, not with running backs very often. Um, and yeah, it's going to be LaVisca. It was always going to be LaVisca. Like, I, this is the way I see it. I think that I think Marvin Jones probably has the most catches and the most targets this season. I think LaVisca has the most touchdowns. I think DJ Chark has the most yards. Like it's going to be like totally spread out. But like I my draft was last night of my main league and I got Laviska at all and I was just like yes please like give me that um, for you know bench spot that I can play in my flex whenever I want because um, yeah and especially in PPR he's going to average six or seven touches. I mean, if you guys watch any of the game on Sunday, like he literally carried dudes for like nine yards. And yeah. then like, then they went, then they went right back to him, you know, like two plays later for the touchdown. They were like, you earned it. Like, let's go. So yeah, he's one of those guys. I think
0: it. you should, you should target, you know, kind of like middle late of fantasy drives. If he's still there, just take him Cause I think he's going to have such a good year. Like maybe if you have to reach for him around earlier too, I'm all about it. It's what I did in my first fantasy draft. Uh, He's a guy that I want on my team who I'm expecting to have a big year, especially in that Urban Meyer offense.
1: Right, it's kind of like you know back in the day, you know not so much anymore, a little bit. But uh, James White, you know, you just grab him, you know he's going to get you know a bunch of you know the the floor is so high because you know he's got that six seven touches, six seven points in a PPR format every week. But uh, Atrice, I'm glad you said something nice about DJ Chark there at the end because I was starting to worry, and you know I acquired him in one dynasty league, so I was like, can we
2: please just say something nice about the guy? I know he's hurt, but hey. <laughs> Yeah. So it's funny because, like, in Twitter Twitter land, everybody's like, oh, Urban hates DJ Chark because he, like, called him out for his shitty play last year. Yeah. DJ Chark played really bad last year. And, like, he's a 4 3 guy and he was playing at, like, a 4 7 speed, right? Like, he's playing soft, small, and slow when the dude is, you know, fast and can be super physical physical right like so like how about you do the exact opposite and i think that dj Chark like took that and he didn't take that personal like oh i hate this guy it was just like oh okay i just need to be better uh last episode i, t- I talked about it i'm like honestly i think that he's going to do well and but i kind of think that he leaves the jags next year um not that i want him to i actually want him to be around long term but i just kind of have this feeling that he's going to bounce but i also think that they're going to try to make a huge splash in like a Devonte adams type player Um, especially if Aaron Rodgers lives in Bay. So um, any other wide receivers you guys want to talk about?
1: Like I said, I mean, if if you can get one of the Rams receivers mid to late, and I'm not a big, I'm usually not a stack guy, you know, stacking your quarterback with a wide receiver. I think it, it really, you know, when you do that, you do maximize your ceiling, but you also lower your floor. If the game's a dud. So that's a, it's a risky game to play, but uh, yeah, I like the Rams receivers. Uh, And then, like I said, Visca has been a guy I've just, you know, you just look back and I have a lot of shares of him and it's not something I planned on happening, but then you look back and like, well, there's probably a reason behind it, so.
0: Yeah, another guy that I think is going to have a big year in terms of fantasy is going to be Corey Davis with the New York Jets. We've already seen Zach Wilson go to him a ton in preseason. You know, they have Denzel Mims as well, but other than that, like, I don't think they have any receivers that he can really rely on aside from Elijah Moore, who is the rookie, right? And it's going to take him a little bit to kind of get going, but I think Corey Davis has been, easily a favorite target through preseason and i feel like that's going to carry over into the entire year as well so he's a guy that i'm keeping an eye on in terms of not necessarily being a sleeper but one of those starting receivers who has more upside than people are talking about right
1: and i know we mentioned him at the beginning of the episode but uh i michael Pittman's a guy i'm also very heavily targeting because i think he could have you know 140 targets for the colts this year
2: yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I love the Davis one. I think that he might have the highest target rate like in the NFL this year. Like maybe not like Devonte Adams high because Devonte Adams gets like 35%, but like Davis is going to get a ton. So I like that call. Uh, I already talked about Boyd. We talked about Chenault, uh, Jerry Judy, huge on him this year. CD lamb also huge on him. Um, that's kind of, those are kind of my guys. Um, I love jets, Justin Jefferson, um, Allen Robinson, I think is underrated yet again, especially because I think he'll take off once field's, you know, gets on on the field, I guess. Um, But yeah. So anyways, sorry, we are at time now. So we're going to leave, but Kiefer, tell us where we can find you and all that, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, if you're looking for a good laugh at Twitter at CCS Dan Kiefer, K-I-E-F-F-E-R. Otherwise, you know, over at Coast Coast Scouting, we have a pile of articles uh, ramping up as the season ramps up. It's uh it, it's, it seems like something's dropping every day. We got state of the franchise, we got betting lines coming out, college picks. It's uh it, it's really great over at the website coastcoastscouting.com. So anywhere you can find that, you can find me. Otherwise,
2: yeah, my personal account awesome cool well thanks for coming dude like we said we've been wanting you on for so long we will for sure have you again on the season and it's going to be a great time yeah anytime guys it's uh, been a pleasure thanks a lot for having me
0: absolutely dude
1: thank
2: you appreciate you and tonight we've been talking football